Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! Podcast. My name is Sonny and I'm here with my co-host Caleb. Hello! And of course, before we get too far in, we want to of course thank all of our wonderful sponsors. So a huge shout out to Gem Accessories who is sponsoring this episode, as well as Millennium Threads. There are links with discount codes to both of those in the description down below. We of course also want to thank ETB Games as well as Steel Fox Games. Those are in Alexandria and Shreveport, Louisiana respectively. Also, if you are anywhere nearby, this episode is going out on Friday, February 24th. Mm-hmm. There is a regional being held on Sunday, February 26th at Steel Fox Games in Shreveport, Louisiana, around roughly 10 o'clock in the morning is when yep. it should be kicking off. So if you want to see me or Caleb, we will be at that regional in a couple of days time. And we will be, Caleb's going to be playing main event. I'm going to be judging, mm-hmm. but we will be able to sign cards mm-hmm. or, you Just know, chat. say hi, trade, whatever. We're going to be there. So now, of course, we also want to let you know that we do have affiliate links down below for both TCG player and Dragon Shield. You can go ahead and click those before you shop to support the channel at no extra cost to yourself. And then finally, if you really want to go that extra mile, we do have a Patreon down below. We do. Do not get revenue from YouTube or Spotify. So yeah, that's our main source of revenue. That's how we keep the channel afloat. And that's how we pay our editor. So um, he's probably going to put something right here saying, yes, paying the editor is good. <laughs> so, you know, be sure to check that out. Uh, now, oh, we made a change to the Patreon. Actually, yes. this is worth noting. So from now on, every tier of Patreon from $1 mm-hmm. up... Still gets the name read and all that kind of stuff. Yep. But from now on, every Patreon tier will get the audio version of the podcast early. Yep. So, for example, let's say you want to... Now, okay, it won't be that early. So, for example, the Caleb does the audio edit for the podcast. So, we're recording this on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. This episode will premiere on Friday. 
But Caleb does the edit Thursday afternoon after he gets off work. Yeah. So then I would basically just post it, uh, and it should be up and it should it should be posted and like, uh, ready to listen to on Patreon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be listenable at. Uh, I'm gonna try and get it at 8 p.m. every day. Every might be a couple minutes late sometimes, depending on how heavy his work day is and stuff. Yeah, and then also depending upon how long it takes pay, uh, Patreon itself to process the right, file right. and send it out. And... But that is a pretty notable change. So from now on, if you're in any patron tier, you can get that as low as a one dollar. Yep. Because get the episode 12 hours early. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I don't really see it as like that big of a perk. Um, the biggest perk is that if you do that, you get the episode without ads. Yeah, sort of. So we'll still just like mention our sponsors. It, yeah, it's it's literally what it's pretty much just what we say in the podcast, and not what I and not what gets edited in. Right. So like the the ad reads obviously for yeah. ETB and Gem are edited in. Then the audio mid roll uh, is also edited in. Right. So none of that would be there. It would just be. From when I from an intro and then hey everybody and then thank you to our sponsors blah 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 and, and then, then at the end the patron ad read yep like the, not ad read but name read the name read yeah that and that's it because sometimes those names are funny so anyway the point is uh it, there's will be an ad free version available to all patreons early mm-hmm. access honestly the only reason we haven't been doing this we didn't think about it we just didn't think about it I, it just the thought didn't even cross our minds. Caleb messaged me one day last week, like Thursday evening, and was like, hey, uh, I got the audio version done, ready to go. Uh, he's like, it's all scheduled for upload. And I'm like, hey, just throw it on Patreon, too. Yeah. Just, I don't know why we haven't been doing that. Again, well, we know why. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Because we, we just... we're stupid and didn't think about it. <laughs> Not stupid. Stupid. But yeah, two, yeah, stupid. Two, two oohs. Two oohs. Stupid. <laughs> so uh, that's stupid something going oomies. forward. Yes. Okay, now that that's out of the way. Always fighting, not always wasting time, not fighting and stuff. What is that a reference to? Things. Oh, Warhammer 40k, the orcs. That's how they talk. Oh, well, that that's... Stupid umies, wasting time, not fighting and things. I'm going to pretend like I get it. Ha ha ha. Orcs are great. I, I thought, orcs, Warhammer 40k are the best. That's all I want to say. If you can imagine a hilarious scenario involving a... a honestly irresponsible amount of guns strapped to a rock floating through space it's probably canon for orcs because whatever they believe is real amazing because they're psychic amazing it's dumb oh also if you're listening to this episode on friday uh be sure to check us out at 8 a.m central standard time on saturday february 25th that is tomorrow morning if you're listening to this Mm -hmm. on release day uh, we will be on Distant Coder stream. He's starting his subathon today as of airing, and we're going to be on at 8 o'clock in the morning yep. tomorrow, Central Time, so 9 o'clock Eastern. Yeah. First thing in the morning, we're going to be going on and doing a podcast with Distant Coder. I have an energy drink for me, so I'll be fine. <laughs> I don't know about him. I'm I'm just going to take a shower early in the morning and wake me up, you know? I take a shower every night, but then I, get, I take another one in the morning like, wake me up. Oh, fair enough. Because I'm like a giant child, and... I mean, at that point, it's less of, like, a shower to clean yourself, more of a, I just need the water hitting me. Yeah, yeah, and it's not, like, an hour shower. It's, like, two minutes, right? You're like, in, turn the water on, ah, yeah, yeah. and get out. It's, like, I'm not here, like, with a desire to, like, waste water. Like, I know that that's, like, a big thing in some areas. Luckily, we live in an area of the world that, like, water's not really, like, an issue. 
but we actually sometimes have some serious issues of too much. Yes, flooding is more of an issue for us. Oh, and sinkholes. That's those aren't sinkholes so as much as they're potholes. <laughs> Not what I'm talking about. So like, there's a street nearby that's opened up to the same sinkhole like four times. Really? Yeah. What street? It's uh the one with like the one that's near the hospital with all of the dentists and stuff. No, that's not sinkholes. That's just a low spot. No, 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 no. It's probably the reason why it's a low spot is because that one spot keeps opening up into a sinkhole, and rather than fixing the sinkhole, they just fill it. Okay, but if there was actually a sinkhole there, they would fix it. And here's my evidence why. Because the street that runs along the river on the other side of the river going towards mm -hmm. Front Street, they had a giant... They, they went to go repair a, uh, some kind of like a, mm -hmm. a drainage thing right there. A, a resident's water pipe busted. Mm -hmm. Like the city main right there. Yeah. Busted. And they went to go repair it. And that's why that street's been shut down for like three weeks now. Yeah. Because they discovered a sinkhole there when it busted yeah. from the freeze. But and also, so they're repairing it. But you also got to remember... That's on the rich part of town. No, it's not on the rich part of town. Okay, it's the, on the old part of town. There's a difference. Fair enough. It, it's a, it's part it's a part of town that tourists see, so they gotta fix it. Now that is fair. The other place is, is not is not in a touristy area. No, that's like a area that only locals go to. Yeah. So no, no, that's, it's okay. You got me. You they got just me there. filled it in, didn't properly fix it, and just kind of dumped asphalt into it. So then yeah. it would just open again and again and again. And it hasn't opened back yet. Oh, it will. Oh, it will. Anyway. So sinkholes, potholes, blah, blah, blah. Right. So can you tell yet that we don't really have like a ton to talk about today? <laughs> I mean, we're truth. Truth be told, we're not actually rambling any more or less than we normally would. But now it's just more concentrated toward one side of the episode as opposed to spread out across the entire thing. Yes, that is true. But to be fair... We also, like, almost have a script for the rest of the episode. That's fair. So the rest of the episode, in theory, we should stay somewhat on track for once. Fair enough. So let's just go ahead and get all the rambling out of the way now. Exactly. Plus, I've heard that people like our rambling. And things. Yeah. Particularly, especially considering how completely varied our interests are. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that. That's right now, my only interest is the podcast and Pokemon. So Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon. Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon. That's it. Yeah. Those are my only uh, so, interests. Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, Digimon, Warhammer. Those things may as well not even exist in my head. Warhammer 40k, Dungeons those and Dragons. Same, you said the I same recently, thing twice. I, what do you mean I said the same things twice? Warhammer and Warhammer 40k. No, no, no. Warhammer. Warhammer no, no. You said the same thing twice. No, Warhammer. Warhammer and Warhammer 40k are different. Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, D&D. Pathfinder, which because I recently you got. You said in... the same thing twice. Twice. <laughs> D&D and Pathfinder are completely different systems. I recently got into Pathfinder Second Edition rule set, which is really interesting. Got a lot of really cool stuff in it. Okay. It's two different developers. I'm about to cut into the real meat of the episode if you don't get somewhere with this. <laughs> no, 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 no. no I, I'm just, I'm just saying. There's just a lot of interesting information that. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not trying to cut you off. I'm trying. I, okay, Pathfinder, yeah. and then what else? You, you had like uh, a list going. Yeah. Uh, what else? I completely lost my. <laughs> oh, I have no. lost my place at this point. Uh, no, I feel like a jerk. I'm sorry. I was, yeah. try, I was trying to be oh, funny. I am excited for uh, Metroid 
Prime Remastered, baby. I have ne I've never played Metroid Prime, so I don't know anything about any of the Metroid series. Let me put it like this. It is All I know is Zero Suit Samus is... Oh, no, no. That's just Samus. That's that's what she's wearing underneath the power armor. Oh, I, I just know that in Super Smash Ex Brothers... Except the heels. That's th Those were added because she lost her power armor. So, I just know that in Smash Brothers, like, the... It's called Zero Suit Samus. Yeah, because that's her in her Zero Suit, which is the suit she wears underneath her power armor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the only reason I say yeah. that. And it, uh, if I remember correctly, it helps her to actually interface with the power armor itself. So that's how okay. she gets, like, visor readouts, um, health readouts. And it's how it's That makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so let's go ahead and talk about the actual main thing that we're here yeah. to talk about, which is... What, uh, you're going to a YCS soon? What, what are you going to do? Why? What are you going to do while you're there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think we've already done this once with regionals specifically, but we never did it with, for a YCS. Um, And we also did uh at your first, like, local as well. Yeah, and we've done, like, things to bring to events and stuff, but yeah. we haven't really broken down everything that happens at a YCS because there's a ton. Besides just the main event. Right. So... Let, let's kind of go through it piece by piece. Okay, yeah. so let's say we're going to assume for this that the YCS is not happening in your local city. Because if it's happening in your local city, well, some of these things aren't really going to apply. But yeah. so let, Okay, so let's say you live in, let's say you do not live in, I don't know, Austin, Texas. Sure. And, we, and you're going to YCS Austin, just to name a random city. There is no upcoming YCS Austin that we are aware of as of the recording of this video. Correct. This is just an example. Instead of Austin, please, can we just say London? Because... Sure, let's say London, because that's upcoming. Or even let's say LA. London. Yeah. Let's say London, because that, that's the next one, isn't it? No, Peru is the next one. Okay. Peru is this weekend. Okay. It's the next one you're going to. I think it's the next one after Peru. Oh, okay. Let's just say YCS London. Sure. Call it call it even on both accounts. Sure. Yeah. So, first off, there's the experience of traveling to London. Yeah. So For better or for worse. The, London is kind of a special case. So, if you're going to, like, a YCS that's in your country mm -hmm. or close to your country, like... Technically, I left the country to go to YCS Niagara Falls. Yeah, but you went, like, right over the border. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I could throw a rock and get, like, across the border in some yeah. spots, you know? But I think the concept is that... Um, you want to get your passport months in advance? Yeah. Like, that's... So, for London, I'm very thankful I had my passport. It's because... I got my passport like before COVID. Me, you know, me and my wife yeah, and my son went on a cruise. And they're good for what? In the U.S., this is passports yeah. for the U.S. They're good for what? Ten years? Yes, ten years. And they're seventy-five bucks? No, like close to two hundred. Okay. Yeah. Which isn't awful considering they're good for ten years. Yes, but they do take like four months to get to you. Yeah. Once you apply for a passport, it takes months mm -hmm. to get to you, and sometimes there are backups in the system just yeah. because so many people are applying for passports that the system gets clogged down so you need to get your passport well in advance i'd say six months in advance minimum bare minimum i would say if you think you might travel abroad for any reason you should go 
get yeah just go ahead and get one anyway passport if yeah. you can just afford to just go get a passport just go do it yeah just go do it that way you don't end up in a situation like we we had a friend that i went to niagara caleb did and we had a friend that i went with and we kind of said ah niagara psh, that'd be cool but there's no shot and then we thought about it for a week. We sat on it and we were like, you know what? I think we can do this, right? Mm -hmm. And then we looked at the calendar and we were like, YCS Niagara is 12 weeks away. Not enough to get your passport in if you don't already have it. He went to the passport office and had to pay an extra like $60 to get his passport expedited, mm -hmm. which reduces the wait time from at that time, it was like 12 to 16 mm -hmm. weeks to like 8 to 12 weeks. So he was hoping that it came in in time. And luckily it arrived in like seven weeks somehow. Yeah, he lucked out. But that's kind of the time frame that you're looking at. So I would say if you think it's a possibility and you can afford it, just go ahead and get it. Listen, listen, you're not like actually going to play cash tiers. Just sell the Fenrir's. Go get your passport. It's more useful long term. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, but like not only, yeah, oh yeah, but like not only that, like I said, it's good for 10 years, so... You know, it's only like $200 every 10 years. Um, and it is a secondary viable form of photo ID. Yes, everywhere. So that's the other thing is, if you fly, understand before you go to the airport, understand kind of where you need to go and what you need to do. For example, my flight for London, okay, my flight for Niagara Falls. Dude, prior proper planning is so important. I hit the New Orleans airport I had to be there just after four o'clock in the morning. The mm -hmm. airport's four hours away. Yeah, so you had to leave here at midnight. I worked the night before. I left at like 7.30 that evening, mm -hmm. stopped in Alexandria for a little while, ate dinner with some friends, Yeah, right? And then I went on down to New Orleans and I got to New Orleans around two o'clock in the morning. Or I got, no, I take that back. I didn't get there around two. I got there around 12.30 or one o'clock mm -hmm. because I didn't fall asleep until almost two because I was too excited. Fair enough. So I flew there on like two and a half hours of sleep. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, once you get on the plane, you can kind of, you can just kind of. <sighs> no, you can't do that. You can kind of like. <sighs> well, yeah, it's more of a. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, there, there is no like but you can... putting your arms up. Yeah, but you can conk out. Yeah, no. And, and I'm just going to say, plain sleep is different from, like, regular sleep. Well, it's it, very different. Plain sleep is more efficient, right? Just like just like traveling by plane is more efficient. Sleeping on a plane is far more efficient. Fair. When you go I've to sleep on a plane, on a plane so. when you sleep on a plane, my friend, when I was coming back from Niagara, I may have said this on the podcast. I don't know if I did or not. It's a great part of the story. I stayed up all night. And then I left Niagara Falls at 3 o'clock in the morning to catch another 5 a.m. flight back. Yeah. So I flew from Niagara Falls to, well, Buffalo to Chicago. But I had stayed awake. So when I when I got to my terminal at the Buffalo airport, I sat down in a chair waiting for my flight to start boarding. And I went. <laughs> and just conked out. And I, I sat there for like 45 minutes, conked out, sitting sitting up, just conked out, and just kind of bobbing my head. <laughs> All right. And then the person that I that I came to Niagara Falls with, he took a separate vehicle back, right? He took a separate vehicle to the airport. He gets there, he taps me on the shoulder and goes, Hey, you know that the terminal's that one next next over, right? 
I was like, oh! <laughs> They're not the. It's not called a terminal. But it's like the like the the loading. Loading uh, dock. It's loading not even a, bay. It's not, yeah, it's not. There's a name for it, and it yeah. might be. I think the terminal is like that whole wing of the airport that might all be. the planes come into. But it was like this is the wrong loading. You know. Yeah. It's the long, wrong location for you to get on the plane. Yeah, yeah, no. I was... Gate, gate. That's what they're that called, gates. Gate. Okay, so it was like... I was supposed to be at, like, gate 16 or whatever. And you were at gate, like, 18. 15, right? Because the gate was like... It was like a pillar, right? And on the left side of the pillar was 15, and on the right side of the pillar was 16. Yeah. And I just saw a 16, and I was on the wrong side of the pillar. But luckily, he got there with enough time to tap me on the shoulder, wake me up, and get me to the right gate. Yeah. And then we got on the plane... And I, I just, I literally just, just like this, bam. As soon as we got, I sat down on the plane, I felt takeoff and I was like, ooh, yeah, we're in the air now. Yeah. And then the flight attendant came by around about an hour later. She tapped me. She said, do you want something to drink, hon? I said, ginger ale. And she brought me three ginger ales throughout the course of that flight. And it was so funny. She'd be walking by, my head would just bob up like this, huh? And she go, here you go. And set it down on my little tray. And I go, thank you. And throw it back like a shot because they're tiny little cups. Yeah. And then she'd go, she'd take it. And then like 20 or 30 minutes later, she'd walk by and go, ah. and she'd go, here you go. <laughs> I'd say, thank you. And she, just drink it. She, 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 probably, she could have been putting anything in those cups. I was just drinking it. <laughs> listen, man, she probably thought you were having some uh, some uh, stomach issues because of the flight. No, she probably thought I was hung over. Oh, that too. <laughs> Dude, I was just cr- I was just cranking ginger ale. Just crashed out. Dude, it was bad. So, and then we get from, we land in Chicago, which by the way, the worst landing I've ever had on any plane. And I've, I haven't flown a bunch, but it was very windy that day in Chicago, oh, yeah, which no. it's Chicago. Of course it was, but it was extra bad. When we landed. It was windy for Chicago. Yeah. Okay. I was dead asleep. I mean, dead asleep when we landed i thought we crashed <laughs> I, I literally thought we crashed we the plane comes down and it wasn't a gentle like no right I, I mean horrible oh it was like that scene from oh which movie was it was one of the Madag- it was a scene from one of the madagascar movies where the penguins are flying the plane and they're about to land it and he's like all right come on kiss the ground kiss the ground gently like you're kissing your sister and just rams that wheel right into the ground exactly <laughs> so and then chicago I, I go through the chicago airport i like grab like a muffin or something or no i was going to go to starbucks but it was eight it was like like i don't know eight o'clock in the morning in the chicago airport which means that starbucks had a line like, yeah like a block out, long yeah out the door yeah the, i would have had to go back through security to get to the other end of that line yeah it was horrible so there are people who are trying to get through security to get into the Starbucks line. No, no, who are in the Starbucks yeah, yeah, line. Yeah, pretty much. It was horrible. And it's out of security. Yes. Yeah. So if you're ever in O'Hare at eight o'clock in the morning, don't try to go to Starbucks. It's a freaking nightmare. So I, I, I essentially come to the realization that like I'm not going to get food because I have like a, like a 45 minute layover. And I need to walk like 20 minutes to get to the, to my next, to my next gate. Yeah. So, so I just got... power walk to my next gate. I sit down and I, as I'm sitting there, I, I feel it. I'm just, <laughs> that, that little deal you do in your head yeah. is just like snapping. So I get to the gate. I, I get on the plane. As I get on the plane, I'm telling you, I didn't even make it to take off. <laughs> and you were conked out again. I was conked out again. 
I, I slept like the entire flight both ways, all the way back, right? Both legs. I We land in New Orleans. I woke up like a little bit of drool coming down. I woke up. The lady next to me goes, good nap. And I'm like... <laughs> Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I apologize for, any, for that. Any. That three hours of sleep on the way back from Chicago—that was like seven hours in my bed. Jesus, dude, I'm telling you, I it, don't know if it's because of the because of the it might it the might elevation be, yeah, that it, it might be because like because like the air's thinner. I don't know. Uh, it might be also because like it kind of rocks you a little bit. Bro, I don't know. It's 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 double sleep. That's all I'm saying. If you fall asleep on a plane, it counts as double sleep. Yeah. Anyway, if you're flying to London. Your your nine hour flight is fifteen. Just just be just understand. Your nine hour flight to London feels like fifteen because of the time zone changes. Yeah. But when you come back, that nine hour flight is a three hour flight. So yeah. The point is, if you're traveling to another city and you're going across the ocean, be prepared for time zone changes. So for example, and jet lag. I'm flying to London on Thursday. Well, like sort of. I'm leaving on Thursday. Keep in mind, you have to check in at these YCS events on Friday. The only way you can get out of checking in on Friday is if you email the Konami event staff ahead of time to get cleared for a Saturday check-in. Because otherwise, they will give your spot away. So, be sure that you have prepared an appropriate amount of time for travel accommodations, Mm -hmm. both there and back. So, the next thing is, now that we're off travel... yeah. Also, I I'm gonna try not to di- digress anymore, but like try to we we're awful at it. We try. Listen, people again like our stories and digressions. <laughs> people like that for some reason. Okay, so you're gonna get to the event Friday. You want to go up to the big main stage. You'll see it. There's probably gonna yeah. be a line. Turn in and your check deck, in. Turn yeah, check in deck list. Nope, nope. Don't turn in your deck list. Do that online. Deck lists are online now. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. So when you you have to register for the event online and then there's a certain date online where if you do not have a deck list submitted by that date, they drop you from the event. I was not aware of this. Yeah. So if you go, for example, for for London, I've already gotten an email saying to make sure that you have your deck list ready in advance because you if I'm not mistaken, the event for London is on April March 31st is yeah. the Friday, and then April 1st is Saturday. Yeah. I want to say deck lists are going to be due maybe Tuesday or Wednesday of that week. Jeez. All right, so you have to have your deck list done, set in stone. Yeah. You can't make last-minute changes. It's not possible. So... If you're doing the main event. Right. To that end, be ready. Also, I would recommend... If you plan on, if you know what you're going to be playing in side events, if you plan on playing side events, I would have eight or ten copies of the same deck list. Yeah, either the same deck list or similar deck lists printed out. Now, if you are doing it online, if you because you can register for events online, yeah, you can probably just save the PDF file and then just. It's not even that. It's that when you go in, you take your deck list from the main (laughs) event, and you can. It has all your deck lists from all your events that you've registered for. Oh, you can import it. Yeah, you just import it. Oh, that's it. cool. Yeah, so for example, my YCS, when I went to YCS Niagara, I went to do a 3v3 side event the next day with Giant Skyhawk and Shiggies, right? We go to do a 3v3 side event the next day, and when I go to register, the 
I registered for the event. Actually, it might have been a regional flight that I did. Anyway, I go to register for the event. And when I register for the event, it said, like, on the website. Like, you register on the same website for the side events that like, you do for the main event. Like, upload deck list, inboard deck list. It wasn't even that. It was... Um, new deck list or and then just had a list of my old deck lists uh -huh. from like every ycs i've played in recently and every deck list i've made for events so the remote dual ycs's things like that like all those old deck yeah. lists are just sitting there chilling cool so you can just yeah. yeah so like make sure you name your deck list like you know i'll do 250th ycs london 2023 yeah. deck list yeah so we can just kind of look at it at a glance and go okay i kind of remember what that what was in that well not even that so that way you label them very well that way, when you go back in for, to register for a side event, you can go ahead and click on that deck list and know which deck list and make sure you're on the right one. Well, yeah, that, that, well, that's what I meant. Because then you can like, oh, okay, yeah. and be like, oh, yeah, no, I, I can't remember what was in that one. But that so, is the most important thing about these events is once you've registered, you've gotten in. I know European events do side events on <laughs> Friday. American events do not. Yeah, they but, only do it Saturday and Sunday. But that's the first thing you're going to want to do. Play Yu-Gi-Oh! You're yep. at an event. Oh yeah, so that's that's for the main event. Now let's say you decide. Well, let's say you 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 and your friends all signed up the main event. You unfortunately were unlucky enough to not be able to get in the main event. What do you do then? So you don't travel to the event if you didn't get in. Your your travel accommodations are already set in stone. Can't be refunded. Don't make those travel accommodations unless you made <laughs> it into the main event. Um, that's, I'm not even joking. You yeah. cannot get in at the venue. Don't do it. They will turn you away and say, wow, you really shouldn't have traveled thousands of miles when you weren't signed up for the event. That's really dumb. And then turn you away. They're going to do that. So you can't you can't just walk up and give them your deck list and sign up for a YCS. You can't do it. You have to do it online. Today's episode is brought to you by Gem Accessories. Gem Accessories is one of the leading accessory manufacturers within the trading card game space. Known for their deck boxes, Jim also has an amazing lineup of binders, backpacks, and more. Some of our personal favorites include the new KLRZ Icons deck boxes, the Secrets binder, and the Jaguar and Puma backpacks. But don't just take it from us, check out some of these reviews on screen. For all of these amazing products and more, be sure to check out Gem Accessories using the link in the description down below or on Twitter at XGEM Accessories. Again, the description down below or on Twitter at XGEM Accessories. But what about the side events? Well, those you do online. But you well, do those online day of. No, I mean, I mean, like, what side events are there? Oh, 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 okay. So every YCS is different. That's the first thing you need to know. So we're going to talk about the side events that should be available at most YCSs. Yeah. Now it's going to be kind of a, for, it's going to be kind of a pick and choose uh, of the crew there on what side events. Yes. So this will be up to tournament organizers on yeah. which side events are actually present at the. Yeah. At so like at one YCS, they might have all of these. Another one, they might only have like half of them. I will say this. These events, I picked nine different mm -hmm. types of events. All of these, all of these side events should be present at any YCS you go to. All of them should be. At least once. Yes. Now, I, I'm sorry, 10. 
there will be 10 events that we talk about. Yeah. So the first event is Time Wizard. This is obviously going to be the one that we are most well acquainted with. These are maybe the most popular events. I know that Keegan from E3 Yu-Gi-Oh, who we have had an episode with before if you want to watch that, Keegan went to YCS Las Vegas last weekend and you probably don't realize this, Caleb. So mm-hmm. Time Wizard events are mostly Edison now at at these big tournaments, right? Yeah. So the Time Wizard Edison events, he said Saturday morning, mm-hmm. within 15 minutes of them starting up side events, they had already fired 10 or more Time Jeez. Wizard flights. So these tournaments are broken up. These side events are broken up into flights mostly. So things like Time Wizard Speed Duels, Rivalry, Common Charity, Regionals, et cetera, et cetera. All Winamats are all sp- broken up into flights. And a flight is specified as basically you get broken up into eight man pods and mm-hmm. your eight man pods do the tournament. Yeah. And it's single elimination all the way through and, and only the winner gets a prize. Yeah. So you'll get tickets for entering and you get more oh. tickets for winning in addition to your prizing. Correct. So, for example, you know, I enter the tournament, I pay $20 to enter the side event, and I get five packs of five booster packs for entering the side event. And on top of the five booster packs for entering the side event, I get two tickets. Then, if I get first place, I'll also get, say, a play mat and maybe a deck box and maybe 10 or 15 more tickets. Yeah. Okay. The tickets can be turned in for additional prizing if you play a bunch of side events. Oh, yeah. So you can so get all kinds of really cool stuff. You can get giant cards. You can get... Uncut sheets. Uncut sheets of cards. You can get the craziest things you've ever seen for free. You just turn in the tickets. Also, I recommend... This is not an endorsement of the Top Cut Podcast. This is not something I've recommended doing. This is something that I've seen people do. The tickets are not locked into one person. No, you can... So, for example... You can't, you cannot, here's what I'm saying, you cannot do. This is against the rules. Don't hear what I'm not saying. You cannot buy and sell the tickets within the venue. You can't do it. No, you can't do it. You can't do it. Okay. Okay. Now that Cthulhu needs to stop listening, what you can do is trade the tickets. Hmm? Now listen. You can trade them for very cheap cards. You can also just throw them away. Something like that. Yeah. You could borrow a dollar from your friend and let and him hold one of your tickets. As a collateral so you, until you return the dollar. Right. Do that. But you cannot buy and sell no. tickets. Um, just like you cannot buy and sell cards at any Konami event. Yeah. Now, you now something else you can do is, oh, I only plan on going in one event. I'm not going to get enough tickets to get anything. But my buddy over there is going through like seven or eight side events. Just give right. him your tickets. Right. Pool your tickets. I, yeah, pool your tickets, get a cool prize. I'm not going to lie to you. Pooling tickets is absolutely something you can do. So, yeah. With and, that said. Uh, and something I would do if I was uh, with a little kid. Yeah, for sure. So. Help them get something cool. Time Wizard format is super cool. Obviously, you can play Edison format, eight man side events. Yeah. The. There's actually a funny story about the Time Wizard events. The first Time Wizard event was a GOAT format tournament, uh, but they made a mistake and allowed Cyber Dragon and Xerian Universe, which isn't GOAT format. Yes, they accidentally allowed Cybernetic Revolution into GOAT format. 
which is created this weird pseudo format that, where it was so mm -hmm. they actually made it pre September 1st ban list but post September 1st releases yeah it, it was, was really a stupid. side event that never exist like it was it was a uh, a format that never existed that could never exist yeah. it was bizarre something else you can do is speed duel events so normally mm -hmm. speed duel does not have much of a presence when it comes to other kind of like at your locals and yeah. things like that YCSs they're big Yes, they do have a thriving speed duel community at YCS events. The prizing is ridiculous. Yeah, the prizing is actually kind of cracked for speed duels. So if that is something that you're into is speed duels, YCSs are the place to go and catch speed duel tournaments. Mm -hmm. Now, you can also catch Rivalry of Warlords events. So you remember how uh, January of last year, Konami announced all of these cool alternative formats yeah. that we're going to start supporting. This is one of them. This is where they're doing that at. So things like Time Wizard, Rivalry, mm -hmm. and Common Charity, which we're about to talk about. Yeah. So Rivalry is one of the cooler ones, in my opinion. Yeah. Where these, you are, all these are all supported here. So yeah. So with Rivalry, you you don't submit a deck list. You just show up, pay your pay your uh, entry fee, sign up, you get your packs, and they give you a deck. That is your deck for the tournament. Yes. And everybody in the tournament has the same deck. Yep, so then it becomes a more skill. Yes, it's well, all based on mirror matches. Yeah, yeah, it's all mirror match, mirror, mirror match. So it's both skill and how well you know the particular archetype. The last YC, not the last one, like the first YCS that we went to where they had that, it was uh, the Jack's Knight, King's Knight, and Queen's Knight deck. Face cards. Yeah, face card deck. Yes. Without Slifer. Cool. It, was kind of, it was kind of sad. So the next tournament is common charity now common charity is something that not all of them are doing i, I know from my understanding is that vegas did have some common charity events yeah. fire off but it wasn't like time wizard time wizard fired off dozens and dozens of events yeah. common charity is not going to do that common charity is where you're only allowed to play with commons yeah it, it y even if a card is printed as a common you cannot use any copy of it that was not a common correct so a great example is Cyber Dragon. I can, I cannot use the Legendary Collection Secret or Cyber Dragon, even though it has been printed in multiple structure decks yes. as a common. You if, have to use one of those commons. Yes, exactly. So it makes the format kind of inaccessible because some commons are just randomly expensive because this format exists now. Part part of it is because the format exists. Another part is because it has not been printed as a common in five ever. Or in the United States. Yeah, or in the United States, period. So we have to get a, so sometimes you have to get a foreign card. Yeah. Next thing you can do is regional flights. So normally they only do normally for a regional, you would show up to the regional and you would go ahead and sign up for the big main event and then do that to try to get an invite to nationals. But at YCS is you can do what's called a regional flight. So you can actually go in, sign up, get your packs for entry, submit a deck list, and then you go into an eight man pod where you just play single elimination all the way through the regional flight. And of course, once you do that regional flight, then you can go ahead and if you win, you get your invite to nationals. Yep. It is, in theory, supposed to be a much easier and quicker way to get your invite. Particularly because um, because they fire them off uh, over and over and over and over, you get multiple chances to try over and over and over and over in the same right. day. All you have to do is string together a three-win streak. That's it. Not even a three-win streak. You Exactly a three-win streak. That's all you need to string oh, together. Oh, right, yes, because it's eight, right, yes. Yes, so eight, four finals. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then and let's say you fail, try again. Another 20 bucks, 
They're like and 20 minutes later. Oh, boom. by the way, you should bring money to these events. Because lots of money. Yeah, we're gonna talk about more like vendors and stuff later, but you should bring lots of money. Yeah. Also, I say lots of money. Like a hundred dollars would get you like two days worth of like heavy yeah. like play. Like, I mean, that's five events per day. Or no, it's five events total. Right, but each event might last three hours or more, depending upon if you just the kind of event and stuff. Yeah, the kind of event, uh, how well you do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, because you know if you get knocked out in the first round, you're yeah. pro there for at most an hour. Yes. So next is the three v three. So this is just like the regional flights, or well, it's a little bit different because for the three v three you can win uncut sheets, but generally the way it works is you're not going into an eight man pod. You're actually going into more of a like maybe like a sixteen team pod. Okay. So there might be one or two extra rounds. But at the end of it, you also get a much more significant prize. Yeah. Well, part of that is because there's a lot considerably more players actually entering so they can bump up that prize pool. Correct. Because there's more money going in. Yes. Uh, next is Attack of the Giant Card. So this is usually a 64-man <laughs> tournament. They run one of them on day one and one of them on day two. Yep. Attack of the Giant Card is exactly what it sounds like. You go in. You run up Attack of the Giant card. You get, you know, you just, I think it's usually like uh, six rounds. Yeah. And uh, the winner of all six of those rounds walks away with a giant card. Mm -hmm. And the giant cards are worth a lot of money and they're very cool. And I want one very bad. And if you have one that you want to get rid of, hit me up in, 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 uh, in the description down below. And also you have our PO box, which is also in the description down below if you just want to send us one because you're that cool. Oh, fun fact. They also do have, I don't remember <laughs> if you said, mentioned this or not when you talked about the price, uh, the price counter. They also have giant cards back there, but it's different giant cards than the ones in the Attack of the Giant card. Yes. Also, Those are old from like previous years' Attacks of the Giant cards. Also, by the way, if you do get a giant card, have a plan for how you're going to get it home. As a matter of fact, if you even can... I would say before you leave your house to go to, go to YCS, have a plan for if you get a giant card. I already have my plan because I want to come away from YCS London with a giant card. I will do anything for a giant card at YCS London. Uh, you want to give your plan as just an example of one? Yeah, most of these event centers actually have like a FedEx store or a UPS store in the event center. So you just walk up and... And ship it to myself, yeah. That's probably the best way to do it. Yeah, you're not going to take it through the airport. Um, yeah, like an another way you could probably do it is if, you, if you, is if you're really close friends with someone who lives nearby... You could probably say, "Hey, can you ship this to me?" Yeah, you could definitely do that. Um, because I know that's what because I know that's what uh several people have done. There was actually uh one YouTuber who went to a convention set not unrelated Yu Gi Oh, who was like given this giant uh, uh one of the life size Mareeps. Oh wow! Like after they were discontinued, and she's like, "Oh my god, I thank you so much, but I can't take this home because I can't get it on the plane." And she was like, "Oh well, if you give me your address, I'll just ship it to you." Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. And she's like, oh, thank you so much. And so there's a couple other ones. Yeah. You also have win a mats, which is a, usually a little bit cheaper of a tournament, but literally you just yeah. play three rounds. If you win three rounds, you get a you get a, a mat. Yeah. You have to predetermine play mats yeah, if it's you can a, win. It's a win a mat. It's right. right there in the name. You also have Yu-Gi-Oh! Day events, which I'm not really sure what these are. 
but um, it's just a different kind of tournament you can enter with very different and specific prizing. Yeah, imagine. Uh, so, like, I think it's the prize you get at a normal regional, but without the invite. So, like, the big fancy mat. and then the, an, There's, like, very specific Yu-Gi-Oh! day mats and stuff. Yeah, so you, like, get one of those. You also get, like, a deck box and stuff like that. I don't know that you get a deck box. Oh yeah, if you win the regional flight, you get the regional playmat and deck box. Yeah, yeah, too. yeah, yeah. But that's just standard regional stuff. Yeah. Also, uh, the last event that I want to talk about is the master duel side event. So you can actually do a master duel tournament side mm -hmm. event, and they do not have a lot of people that sign up for these. And yeah, the so prizing might... is kind of insane. Yeah, because they don't, because they're trying to convince people to come do them. Right. So you use your See? own master duel account. And it's best of three, and you have the entirety of the card pool as your side deck? Yeah. So, it's weird, but they do it. So yeah. I would just as soon play Time Wizard, but that's just me. To be fair, as long to be fair, the only requirement outside of paying the entry fee is that you have a Master Duel account and a deck built in Master Duel. Yeah. So if, so, if you're like, oh, I'm super budget, but I have a Master Duel deck, it gives you... A way to utilize that. Yeah. Okay, the next thing, what happens if you play a boatload of these side events? Like, what, what are the tangible rewards? So, first off, the first thing is obviously you get to play in all the events. I mean, just playing in lots of side events is always fun. And then the second thing is you can earn prizes and earn all these tickets so that you can actually go up and get prizes from the prize pool. You can get these mm -hmm. giant cards. You can get uncut sheets. You can get play mats. You can get mouse pads. You can get all this cool all kinds of really cool stuff. stuff. But there's a secondary thing you can do. Mm -hmm. If you do enough of these events and win enough of them. You don't have to win enough. If you enter and yeah. participate in enough of these events, you can get invited to the side event playoff. So what this is, is after at near the end of day two, like 4 p.m., near the very end of day two, they will say, all righty, duelists, yeah, I, we need so yeah, these four p duelists to come up to the main event stage. Mm -hmm. And the duelists will walk up and they'll say, you have been invited to participate in the side event playoffs. So once you are ready, we're going to go ahead and have you know a judge deck check to make sure your deck is legal and we're gonna go ahead and kick off it is just four people get invited it's based off of how many side events mm -hmm. you enter single elimination yes and the winner if you win two matches you get a prize card not like you get not the, not yeah not like a loss or promotional like thing you no, get you, like you get the prize card that whoever gets first place of the ycs is getting right but except, at a different rarity yeah so First place in the YCS will get a an ultra. Right now, it is another first dragon. Mm -hmm. First place gets an ultra. Second place gets a super. Third place, I think, also gets a super. Yeah. Side event playoffs get the last super. Mm -hmm. And now that the now that the cards are marked and say exactly what event they were won at. Yep. You everybody knows where that card came from so mm -hmm. just a thought and they're worth money a lot of money mm -hmm. all right so there are other things to do besides play Yu-Gi-Oh, though of believe course. it or not yo yeah so well it is a trading card game after all well i mean because you can also trade 
Yeah, exactly. So you can go ahead and find other people with other cards that you want and trade for those cards. And if you can't find people that have those exact cards that you want, you can always go look at the vendors. Yeah, I, they might have it. The vendors have such, they get such a bad rap in Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. But the game would not exist without them. Vendors, they run tournaments. They make sure that everybody has the cards that they need when they need them. I know that I've made friends with vendors and I... When you're really nice to vendors and understanding of what they do, they return they return the favor. Absolutely. So a great example is the side deck. Dude, the side deck is one of the best vending booths because I know that I can go there and I'm going to get a really fair rate on the cards that mm -hmm. I want to move. I'm going to get a really fair rate and you know, it might be 60 or 65% in store credit, but usually when it's at YCS's, vendors give better trade-in rates on the cards. Oh yeah, I've seen uh, upwards of 80. No, you haven't. You're no? mistaken. Oh, the highest any vendor will then. the highest any vendor will ever goes like 70. Yeah. No, cuz I remember someone mentioning, "Hey, they give like 80%, but it was for like a specific list of cards." Oh, yeah. Okay. So a lot of times vendors will have like really specific like hot buy lists. Yeah. And so, they'll give you they'll pay extra. Right. So I remember when the all the Despia support was coming out and the Lubers were like $150. Yeah, they were offering like, yeah, we'll buy it for like 135 or 130 Yeah, I, I literally saw vendors buying a Lubers at like 135 140 li Literally, picking up the Luber, walking over to the case, setting it down in the case, and somebody would walk up and say, I'll buy that for 150 And they'll pick the card up, and the card was in their possession for less than 15 minutes, and they made 15 bucks. It's just that easy sometimes. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I remember the YC, the last YCS I went to, uh, the number one hot card that they were looking for was a Destroyer Phoenix Enforcer. Was it? Yeah, it was like on the top of every single board. Board Destroyer Phoenix Enforcer for like. Yeah, I guess uh, that was YCS Charlotte. So I guess that was pretty a big one yeah. at that time. I remember another big one was Lightning Storms. People yeah. were just they were just buying Lightning Storms basically at retail. Yeah, it was crazy. No, oh, yeah, no, it was. It, well, be, well, because like they would get them, and like, uh, like, like, I heard stories from of like vendors getting them, mm -hmm. and literally paying the person, turning, and then just handing it to someone else. Yeah, it, it, I mean, like just swimmingly switching it for. The it same can price, move that basically. quick. Vendors are going to be busy, but you can get some good deals, and that's probably the best trading yeah. credit you'll get. Now, if you walk up to a vendor and you look at their case and they don't have anything you're looking for, ask. Yeah, for they sure. might legitimately just have it behind them in like a box or something. That's really common. Yeah, like whenever I was at YCS Charlotte, I was I decided, uh, well, now I'm going to retire my PK deck because it's right. It, you wanted know, to pick up dinos. Yeah, I was. I'm gonna pick up dinos. Well, here's what I need. I went up to vendor. None of them had anything in in there in the in the display case. display. So then I asked, do you have anything in your bowl? They're like, no. Got to the last one. They're like, actually, yes. And that's how I got the vast majority of my dino deck was just that's off funny. of them for like, yeah, and like they gave me a good deal on it because I was buying so much. Right. And usually if you do buy a lot and for example, like with the side deck, I can go there and I can trade in a bunch of stuff. And usually I'm not going to say they'll cut me like a half off deal or anything, but like no. usually if I go there, they'll, you know, I go there every time I see them at an event and usually I work with them a lot. I trade in tons of stuff with them. Yeah. You know, they might cut me just a little bit of a deal, you know, like these cards go for, you know, a play set is 240 at retail. You know, you might be able to get it for 200. Yeah. 
Um, actually, I got actually I got the Dino stuff for like eighty five percent. Yeah. Retail or something like that. A lot of times they're moving so many cards on those days, and they're they have so much inventory overload. They don't mind working a little deal. Now, don't be a don't be a dickhead yeah. about now, it. To but... be fair, I was also buying a lot of like low cost stuff. Yeah, true. So it's like oh, eighty percent on a one dollar card. I'm out twenty cents. Whatever. Right. Okay, we got a couple things we want to cover too, and we do have a lot of podcast questions, so I'd love to hit some of those. All right. Okay, so you can also take the RC2 judge exam. So if you have taken the preliminary judge exam on the Konami website, you can actually take the RC2 judge exam at the event. This is something that is absolutely worth doing if you're confident in your abilities as a judge, Mm -hmm. but you need to understand this is a much, much more difficult judge exam than the one you took online. It's a real judge exam. And it covers konami tournament policy as far as actually if something happens in the tournament not just rulings but yeah tournament policy so and the last thing to do at an event go look at the city go hang out with your friends go out to a bar go out go out and hang out go Go, go to a restaurant that isn't in your hometown right that's my favorite thing to do absolutely you should absolutely a hundred percent without a doubt explore the city you know, don't don't just stay in that nice one little touristy downtown part that you're in. Maybe get off the beaten path a little. Go explore. Be safe, but you know, yeah. be smart, but just um, enjoy yourself. If you're in the event and you, and you meet a local, be like, hey, where's a good place to get some food? You can see what Kale's priority is. Yes. <laughs> listen, listen. Food tourism is the is like the second biggest draw for me. Listen, if food was my biggest priority, I wouldn't be going to YCS London. Th- that's that's fair but uh, no, that's what i said it's my second biggest uh, okay tourism draw your biggest is depends if it's to like london it'd be Yu-Gi-Oh. it'd be events of course yeah just various events mostly <gasps> i gotta get some tea while i'm in london dog i Definitely. love hot tea Definitely. i love tea oh dude i want some english breakfast tea so bad now it, oh do it do it oh i'm so excited oh Okay, so with that said, let's go ahead and knock out a couple of podcast questions of the day, mm-hmm. mailbag questions, whatever they're yeah, called. They're, these mailba- days. they're mailbags now. Okay, do you think Dino is still worth running in this format? I think Dino is cool in that the release of Lithosagium makes you gives you the ability to run a very different build, mm-hmm. but I don't think that it's quite good enough to compete. I would bide my time and wait for the Transcendrakes to release. Yeah, definitely go ahead and pick it up now while it's still dirt cheap. Yes. Like real, like what? 20, 30 bucks? Less than that. Yeah. Maybe. Like the only expensive, like I think the most expensive card is Dugaris at like three bucks. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, it's, go ahead and pick it up now. Hold on to it until Transcendrakes come out. What was the best and worst decks you've received in a Ravelry of the Warlord side event? I've never played in one. Neither have I, but from the decks, but I'm only aware of the one deck. Exactly. How cool was it to stay with based content creators like Giant Skyhawk and Darth Nash 6? So this is a question from Giant Skyhawk and it was very cool. It was <laughs> it was very based. It was the best and that's the reason that I'm doing it again in London. Heck the yeah. same people. Uh, could you elaborate a bit on playing competitively? I've been going to locals for months now in one YCS but I'm confused about how the original qualifiers work. Do you need an invite for it or can you just show up? For regional specifically, you can just show up and enter the main event. Have a deck list ready to go. Have your money ready to go. Mm-hmm. Show up, pay, get your entry packs, and just play your heart out. And there mm-hmm. will also be side events at 
regionals, although not usually as many. Usually I know only like one or two because it's a one-day thing. Right. They'll do Winamats and they'll do. I know at the Shreveport Regional they're doing us. They're doing Time Wizard events. Mm -hmm. So be be ready to hang out and play Yu-Gi-Oh all day though, because it, it's an all-day event. Oh yeah. So going to my first regionals next month can you give me pointers tips and how i should prepare and test for the event also what is your sleeper pick for a meta contending deck this format my sleeper pick is sword soul sword soul best deck baby Woo! sword soul gotta love sword soul you're not wrong i mean it, it's a good sleeper pick uh i would say past that i think ninjas are a really cool sleeper pick for this format oh, definitely as well as there was another deck that dark world i think dark world yeah, is really cool danger dark world so but as far as how to prepare pointers and tips, I would go back and listen to an older episode that we have where we talked about specifically that. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, this episode is also, I think, decent. Yeah, a little bit. Like, there's a lot of crossover information. The best tips and tricks that I can give you, though. Test for at least two weeks before the event. Mm -hmm. Get as much sleep as possible heading into the event and make sure you're peppy and ready to go. Yeah. Make sure you've drank plenty of water. Drink plenty of water. And have some snacks handy. Mm -hmm. Because you start that tournament at 10 o'clock in the morning. Many regionals do not take a lunch break. And you might find yourself playing Yu-Gi-Oh! nonstop for like nine hours without a lunch break. Mm -hmm. Have maybe a granola bar or, or, longer, or a actually. banana or something like that something. ready to go. Seriously, have a snack. It's very important to keep yourself healthy at these events. You do not want to be dehydrated. You do not want to be hungry and you know, very hungry and in grumpy. the finals. Yeah, you don't want that. I'm just gonna let you know. So be 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 prepared. Listen, nothing's worse than your opponent activating card in your center thinking about it, and then everyone and then everyone around you hears your stomach growl. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, as far as preparing and testing, though, seriously, try to get games in against friends. Find the best players in your community and try to get games against them. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you have to remember, it doesn't matter if you go in and get first or if you drop by round four. It doesn't matter. The point is to go and enjoy yourself. Oh, yeah. Don't 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 get overstressed. Yes. So how do I help my friend going through a deck identity crisis? Listen, you're going to have to sit your friend down and tell them. To get truly good with a deck, you really need to focus on one for at least a few days. Mm -hmm. And I would say, if you're not somebody who does Yu-Gi-Oh! full-time, longer than that. Yeah. I mean, because to be fair, unless you're, like, playing the number one most meta deck, your deck is lightly, is highly likely to last a good long while. Yeah, I mean, I've been playing Sword Soul for over a year now. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I've hopped from deck to deck, but I've hopped from cheap... At the time, cheap deck to cheap deck. Yeah, mister, I bought Labyrinth for $100. Not even. You got a collector's rare. Minus the collector rare. Yeah, for like $60. Yeah. Okay, sleeper decks of the format that have potential. As we mentioned, I would say ninjas are yeah. probably the highest, as well as Dark World. And I really wouldn't sleep on that Makonko Libromancer deck. I'm telling oh, you. Yeah, base ritual. Yeah. That best. deck's expensive, but that deck's good. Yeah. What is your favorite One Piece arc? Whole Cake Island, which is a controversial pick, but I stand by my guns. Fair. Uh, at the moment, my favorite would probably be. I'm trying to remember the name of it. It's the one right before Punk Hazard. Right before Punk Hazard? That's Fishman Island. Fishman Island, yeah really at the moment really mm -hmm. 
there's a lot of great arcs in One Piece, but I don't. I've never heard anybody say Fishman Island. I mean, at the moment, yeah. So it it changes. I guess you're you're in Dressrosa right now, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. How does it feel to go from tier zero format to cash money? Fine with it. Yeah. It, I'm honestly kind of excited because I feel like there's a lot more decks that are really playable right now. Yeah. Even if the even if the format is not full of a bunch of really fun and interactive decks in the same way. It, it's a lot of just floodgate dot decks. In a lot of ways it is, yeah. But at the same time, I still think that the format isn't that bad. And that's still worth playing. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, I, I also truly don't think the the format's solved yet because there's still like a lot of decks. Yeah, I agree. Who are just now getting any sort of spotlight or limelight, so people are finally looking at them. Also, like, I like think ninjas. The, I think that some decks get better in a few weeks when Ancient Fair comes off the ban list. I, I genuinely mm -hmm. think that Sword Soul is broken post ban list. Oh, no, 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 because you've been testing out Ancient Fairy in our It's in insane. Our games. It's, it's insane. It's ridiculous. Like, it's it's ridiculous. I, I cannot explain, unless you've played a lot of Sword Soul, how broken Ancient yeah. Fairy is, especially with Strudo at three, like, but like, it's insane. Like, listen, listen it, it has come down to the only reason why I won is entirely because I flipped uh, Dimension, uh, Dimension Null Barrier and declared Synchro. Like, I flipped a Skildra, and he just went, okay... Yes, but you can just win by flipping D-Barrier at any time. Yeah. Okay. Well, not necessarily, because I'm a trap deck. I don't I win immediately. I, I hate D-Barrier. You can reset it over and over. Only if I get into late. Only if I can get into lovely. All right, so let's go ahead and thank all of our wonderful patrons before I have an aneurysm. So <laughs> a huge thank you to Appliancer, Best Deck, Cam Yang, Dragon Maid, Stunzeed, Kane Martin, Zyphorus, Blackwing, Silverwing, in the Ascendant is the best floodgate, Earth Machine, Best Deck, Epi. Haha, -ha, you activated my trap card. Dad jokes. I, Dude, as a dad, I love dad jokes. So Has anyone, I'm not even a dad. Yeah. Has anyone actually read Toy Vendor HGH Cyber? I am McLincoln, Monstratron, Mountain Man, Oatmeal Spaghetti, Owen Alvarado. Quitting the game as a floodgate. Unbanned number 95. Konami. Understanding and reading are two different things. Virtually Savior's World. Where Flame Swordsman support Konami. Rogue and Tier 2 are the polite terms for bad deck. AD, Aaron Gardner, Asami, Ashlash Taps, Atsuyo, Simp of the Silver Castle, Box Wine, Bestial Pizza Hut, Cyber Dark Duelist, Duty Booty, Dragon Maidenless Behavior, Heroes, Pebble Cereal. I'm about to wreak a glamour tribute for Costi's plant nuts in your mouth. Cam the Hockey Walkie, Slush Mixer, Old Man Red Pinco. 143 and santa claus thank you all so much for your continued support of the podcast and again if you want to get an extra episode every single week you can go ahead and subscribe to our patreon at the five dollar and up tier and if you want to just get early access to every single episode audio only for now because we can't guarantee that we'll have the video perfectly available yeah. at your time but if you want to go ahead and get early access to every episode via our patreon you can do that in any tier on our patreon <laughs> also in the five dollar up tiers you start getting merch so mm -hmm. If you are interested in any of that, check that out. Otherwise, you can always check out our sponsors. And until next time, have a great weekend, everybody. And please don't forget to check us out on Distant Coder Subathon tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock a.m. Central Time. <laughs> have a great weekend. Take care, everybody. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.